Hello. Welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I am well. How are you? I am good. Fresh off vacation. Uh, it was a lovely uh, eight days um, on St. Martin. Very warm. A lot of beach time. A lot of boat time. You know, typical stuff you're used to down in Florida. Always warm weather, tank toppy, right? That's, yeah, that, that's the, what it is. The warm, warm weather part, yes. <laughs> I don't do a lot of boating. Um, too much work. Too much work. Oh, I wasn't working right. on the boat. Yeah, that's <laughs> the best thing, yeah. Yeah, we, um, when my brother got married, uh, uh, we went to the Dominican. I told you a destination mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, wedding, and uh, he chartered a big fucking, oh, it was like a, 200 passenger boat for like 20 of us. Nice. Not, maybe not. Maybe it was more like 7,500 people. We, only 20 of us were on it. And it was fun. Yeah. Super fun. Okay. And, and we did nothing. Nothing. Just swam. <laughs> yeah. It really, you, you jump off the boat into the yeah, water. Right. You're drinking wine when you get back on. Yeah. Food. We did some snorkeling. It was, yeah. We, they <laughs> exactly. Set a, they set up a bar. Uh, they had a great music playing. They mm-hmm. set up a bar yeah. in the water. It was cool. Yeah. That's fun. Listen. And there's nothing like when you're down around that area, the Caribbean Sea, that that part of the, the of, of the ocean, all the turquoise water. It's yeah. just you know, especially living up here where I live in the Northeast. Listen, we are near an ocean, and I am lucky there are beaches up here. They ain't like those beaches, now, as everybody knows. Everyone, <laughs> I, I you know, living in a beach community my whole life, uh, it, it, we definitely take it for granted that this is just on a Tuesday. I can go to the beach in 15 <laughs> minutes. But I would tell you, I'm looking at my. I do like. A, I have a you know I have a Google calendar where all my games are color coded, all my troop stuff is color coded, doctor's appointments, whatever. But I also have a to do list daily to do list that's a week long dashboard, and I'm looking yeah. at mine for the week. You know, it's Thursday afternoon, and I still have a lot of stuff yeah. I have to do, and I've done a lot. <laughs> and my vacation doesn't come to All Star break. Right, so right. I've got about five <laughs> or so weeks. I think, uh, yeah, thir- I think my last day is the 13th. I forget, but maybe the 15th. But uh, yeah, and you're I you're do. doing something. We always go away. You're doing something fun. Yeah, we're doing we something fun for All Star. Yeah. yeah, we'll be in Vegas. Um, yeah, and it, it will be your first time seeing you two live. Yeah, um, I've never, and, I've well, never seen you two. My wife has a number of times, and I've never been to the Sphere, obviously. So, no, listen, yeah. the Sphere is going to be amazing, yeah. and you two, one of the great stadium rock yeah. bands, like ever, yeah. like of I, all time. I have it's a, such a good. I have a great good friend who's been to ten shows now. Two at the Sphere. Good stuff. He said the ninth one, which was the first one at the Sphere, was the best he's ever seen. The tenth one, he said it wasn't quite as good for whatever reason. But, but you know, listen, I I, I don't love Vegas. I I've gambled yeah, plenty. Yeah. Um, right. But uh, we'll we'll I, as I I'm not staying with all my my brothers and friends um, because I need some downtime. So I booked a special <laughs> place for my wife and I just to not talk to anybody. I got a Kindle right. for Hanukkah. I'll bring it. I'll bring uh, some yep. reading material out there, and uh, I know there's great restaurants. Whatever, I'll need a oh, break. Yeah. I'll need a break. Yeah, yeah. You, listen, it's important everybody to get a chance to reset, get away, uh, deplug. I mean, that's really what I did. Red swam, just like get away from this stuff for a bit. But I'm back now. Excited to watch a bunch of games. Watch, caught up on a bunch of stuff of games last night. I even caught up on a couple earlier games from the week just to see a couple things. So we'll get into it here. But first, we will do ask Coach Thorpe. Um, mm. If you guys want to send in questions uh, to tap into David's big basketball brain, please, please send them to truehoop at truehoop.com. That is T-R-U-E-H-O-O-P at truehoop.com. All right, David, this sort of grouping of questions comes from a longtime listener to the show, Mackenzie French. So Mackenzie's first question, in my opinion, there's an absurd amount of instances where a player saves the ball from going out of bounds, but passes it right to the opposing team and then so often leads to an easy bucket. My question is, are players told slash taught to save it at any cost and worry about consequences later? I mean, every coach is different. Uh, there's, there's a number of things to consider. Uh, the first thing I do is uh, I try to teach players to make a play. Don't, don't be afraid to make a play. Uh, we value possession, so we want that possession. Uh, preferably not under the rim that we're protecting because they can immediately get a layup unless you just feel really confident that you're going to be able to save it to that person. I will drill. This is way back in the day, throwing the ball to the corner. So they got to inbound it somewhere near the corner. Cause we can play good defense on that. If you're strong enough and have the ability to whip it all the way down the court. Great. But uh, yeah, try to make a play. Don't just accept nothing. We'd rather not give up the two points for sure. But um, uh, very rarely after ninth or 10th grade, are you throwing a right to the bad guys? under their own rim. 
I don't see it in the NBA very much, but in college, yeah. you see a little bit. High school, you see it a lot. That, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Uh, McKenzie's next question. I understand it's not always smart to do a full closeout to every three-point shooter in every situation. However, around the NBA, there are some times where there's no downside to closing out completely. For example, the final seconds on the shot clock, everyone else is locked up. But the last defender will see who's about to shoot, and they'll just stop and let them. Is it a psychological thing? Okay, so first of all, closing out completely, you run the risk of fouling. You may get under their legs when they land, and you may hit their arm, even incidentally or accidentally, rather. And so it's never a good idea to, to foul. It's the worst play in basketball is foul three ball shoot. There's no worse points per possession against than that. Um, and so I don't. I think they're lazy sometimes. I think sometimes they do feel like I'm going to let him be open. I think it's a mistake. Um, the data that I have been told from not I didn't find this data, but someone I really trust told me is the uh, we call the early high hand contest. So mm-hmm. so now what I've done is here's what I teach. If you don't want the player to shoot the ball or make it less, then get your hand up as you're closing out. If you want to invite that player to shoot, like, for example, the other day I had a player that played Giannis. So we want him to shoot the three. But I don't think it's smart to do nothing because that really helps him feel like it's practice. So Mm -hmm. we do what I call late high-hand contest. So early high-hand contest is you're getting it out there because you're really trying to not let him shoot or at least make him think about it as he shoots. Late high hand contest is I'm letting you shoot it, but you better make sure you get some real arc on it, whatever, which isn't such a bad thing for the shooter, by the way. But maybe I'll get him to think about it just a little bit so they're not super comfortable. And yet by doing it late, I should be in a position, but we always say high hand up, butt down, ready for the drive. End of a clock, you should have that hand up early for sure, no matter who it is. There's no evidence I've ever seen that someone shoots better with a high hand contest. So that's what you should be doing. Yep. No, that's, that is excellent stuff. Guys, again, this is, listen, you're getting great stuff from David here. This is stuff he tells his players all the time. He drills them in the summertime. They text him, coach, I'm about to guard Giannis tomorrow. What should I do? Pray first thing. Okay. Now here, here are the nine other things I think you should. I had, (laughs) I had a couple guys having to guard Giannis in the last week and, uh, but neither is Tatum and these guys are, right. they're amazing. But yes, my, my, what I have to do is figure out ways to, to just make them less efficient. How, how do you, yeah. you know, you, there's a famous story, um, in my world, you would never know it, but you, you've heard of Mitch Richmond. Of course. So Mitch Richmond's in Rich, Mitch, Mitch Richmond's high school coach. He, Mitch played in Florida from Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. His high school coach, who's maybe passed away at this point. He was, he was an old guy when I knew him was just a real simple guy. Uh, uh, he's one of those white dudes whose his hair was gray and his skin was really red all the time. Always red, <laughs> red face. And he's just an angry dude, angry cuss. Mitch was a fucking amazing player, by the way. So maybe this guy coached him great. I have no idea. But uh, a buddy of, my, buddy of my team was playing his team. And um, my friend was running a screen-to-screen reaction, baseline inbounds, and his team kept scoring. It was summertime. It was summer camps, a team camp. And Coach Polk, I think his name was, kept screaming at his guys like, you guys got to play some goddamn defense. But meanwhile, he never gave them advice on how to defend the screen <laughs> interaction. And, I, I, and so what I can't do is tell someone, hey, don't let Kawhi sh- shoot the ball. No. There's a whole process to where do you want Kawhi to shoot it? Where do you not want him to shoot it? How do you defend certain things? Um, it's not easy. These guys are really magnificent offensive players. Yeah. So good. And, and the rules are also makes it harder for defenses yeah. to play, right? So it's and, and we know, Lord knows, like if it's star player, the you know how the fouls get called. Can't even look we'll at him funny. Appreciating. Can't even look, don't wink <laughs> at him, don't sneeze, don't blink. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's exactly what I say. You can't no, touch no, him. it's it's bad. We'll we'll talk about officiating later. But David, one of the things that you and Henry uh talked about on the show, and thank you to Henry and Brittany Brown for uh filling in for me while I was gone. Um, you guys were talking about the championship bust, and that's one of the things that David has at the beginning of every season and normally that bus you know is pretty full right and last last year in two years we we're like wow we think there's 12 15 different teams that can be on at here the start of the year yeah about the start of the year well david we're about the halfway point just about um and it's a shorter bus are... <laughs> there ain't 12 teams on this bus david um and with that being said there are teams particularly young teams who are very good who look you know what i always say I know the idea is, well, our window could be open forever. Yeah, you don't know that if your window can be open forever. If you're good now, 
in my opinion, and you have a chance to go to the conference finals and you have the ability to do so without killing your future, I think you should do something to help you right now. And the team that we're going to talk about, of course, is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Everyone fascinated with them. They have a gazillion picks. They have so much young talent. They are well below the luxury tax, well below. I mean, you had an article come out today on True Hoop, David, where you targeted Laurie Marketing, And of course, everyone knows I love Laurie, seven-footer who can shoot. Hello. Um, that is, oh, that would be great next to Chet with Dort and Shea and Jalen Williams. Like, that's a hell of a starting five. Will Sam do it? I don't know. All right, so a couple of things. Uh, uh, Henry is the first guy to start thinking of the championship bus when we first started True Hoop. I thought it was a pretty cool way to consider things. Mm -hmm. And so what happens? Well, I had Golden State winning the West regular season. I did not think Andrew Wiggins would go into the tank. I did not think (laughs) Draymond Green would get suspended. Uh, I thought we'd see Kamiga continue to make progress and not declare war on his coach, although they seem to have solved that issue while you were gone. Kamiga Mm -hmm. both said, I don't think it's going to go well here. I don't trust Kerr. And then they met, and now he does. Yeah. Meanwhile, Seems okay. yeah. meanwhile, one half into that new thing, he was already on the bench again. So, um, you, you know, stuff happens during the season, right? Uh, to your point about the window, I mean, I thought Atlanta had the makeup of a championship team just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. They did have mm-hmm. one. Cam Reddish now plays for the Lakers, you know? Correct. Who, Quinn Snyder's coach. His second the team. team in that, yeah, in that, right, in that right, transition. Right. <laughs> uh, Quinn's coaching the team now. So, um, and so, yeah, so I think that that there are teams who aren't likely to compete for the championship like OKC. And I use Lori, and I'm glad to get to talk about it on the, on the on our podcast, as a placeholder. I, 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 he's one of many guys that would make their team good enough to maybe win a championship this year. And, and when I say win a championship, they got to first win round one of the playoffs, round two, round three, get to the finals. I don't think anything they can do is going to make them better than Boston. There's no guarantee Boston makes it. There's no guarantee this Boston team makes it and then plays well in the finals or have an injury, whatever. The Raptors won a championship with injuries to their opponent. And I think the Warriors did too. Because as I've been saying, Tatum doesn't play in the Olympics and doesn't run out of gas. They were up 2-1, game four at home. Mm -hmm. Like Boston's a better team. I thought they were the better team. Golden State won it fair and square. This is the point. Get there, give luck a chance to happen, right? Anything can happen. And um, and so Lori probably solves the problem best. Uh, I don't know that Utah would do the deal. Uh, they might feel they can get more. They may more picks, which Sam could afford if he wanted to. Uh, more players in return are better than Josh Giddy, who's the one I put in the deal. But uh, but I also put, and I think we have in the article, I get a, I try to get Olenek too. May not be able to do it. Yeah. For sure. Because they could use a backup five that can shoot and yeah. pass and has played. They're not very experienced. And it mm-hmm. matters in the postseason when the same team keeps playing you and they keep tweaking up their scouting report and tweaking up getting a feel for you. It's hard to get a feel for this OKC team in part because there's not a big book on those young players. Uh, but that changes in the postseason. So the argument we're making is uh, the West is more open than you probably think just because you have a defending champion doesn't mean they're a shoe-in. They're not. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Clippers are, I think, very good but fragile, right? Lakers, not very good mm-hmm. and fragile, right? <laughs> Minnesota, <laughs> yeah. almost in the same boat you're in. They made the playoffs oh, and done we'll well them. just having won, right? So, OKC, you've got the best guard in the world, not named Luka. You've got uh, uh, some really young guys that you can't count on. I think it's a mistake to think they'll deliver. And Correct. they are the – this is what we argue in the, in the article – they're the, in the unique position of going after a player like Lori. A, they can afford him down the road if they want. B, they give up picks, and who cares? It yeah, just doesn't exactly. matter. It's, it's like I always tell players, when, you, when you've made $250 million, to quibble over a few million over the course of happiness makes no sense. Your great-grandchildren won't ever spend that money. Happiness matters, and, and, and where, where you are today matters. I don't think Sam Press will ever miss those picks. If if he can get the player that he wants or players, he may choose to get more than one and not and not have him be an all NBA level player like Lori. Well, and that's the thing, David. There is no there's no guarantee that any of those picks turns into being as good as Lori is right now. No, almost like, almost for sure they won't. He's a right. great player. So, I mean, what what are we doing? Yeah. 
And the 17 million he's getting paid this year is not a ton of money for that level of production. I think you mentioned in the article, only player in the NBA scoring 23 and grabbing at least eight rebounds, shooting basically 50, 40, 90. Yeah, he solves, I mean, he solves their rebounding problem on both ends. And, and, and the reason why I targeted him wasn't for rebounding. A lot of people were talking about maybe backup guard help, maybe better rebounding help. I get that. I see it more as a help on offense because I don't trust Jalen Williams and Josh Giddey and Chet in the postseason. No, should, nor should I. No, no one should. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But there's no reason to think that. They've never done it. Shea's incredible. Uh, and mm-hmm. if you get another elite ISO score that plays the right way, that fits into their culture, you know, I put some time mm-hmm. into thinking about this stuff. Yes. Uh, I, it just enhances Shea. Now you got to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Who, who are you putting Paul George on? Who are you putting Kawhi? You know, who's, Kawhi, who, who's Paul George going to guard? Who's Kawhi Leonard going to guard? Uh, maybe those two. In the, in, but uh, it's easier if they can keep switching off on just one, taking yeah, turns on right. Shea. Make them work harder. Mm-hmm. That'll affect that'll mm-hmm. affect them on the other end too. So because I think I think the Clippers are my favorites. They are my favorites to win the West as of now. They they look phenomenal. Um, the Clippers have been playing extremely well. One of the hottest teams in the league. Uh, I will mention them later. Tease tease. Um, they in the Lori deal, David. 17 million this year, 18 million next year is partially guaranteed. That's not even fully guaranteed for next year. Now I'm sure it will be, yeah. uh, but he, that's, he, that's the number. He hopes, he hopes someone waves him and he, and, and he, he still gets that, the guaranteed, the partial right. guaranteed money. And then he can sign mm-hmm. his gigantic deal. He's got a max deal right. coming. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. And he is a team first guy. And I think uh, what I know about him, a uh, young family, like a place like Oklahoma City may work for him, like how Utah works, right? I don't think he necessarily w- needs to be in some huge, big city with all sorts of you know craziness going on. He doesn't strike me as that type. So, and I, look, it would cost them nothing, really, basically nothing. Josh Giddy, who we don't even know if he's going to be any good, well, really. If, like, again, if Utah values Josh Giddy, if Utah values those draft picks, to your point on on the family life, whatever, I would tell you that uh, I've never, I mean, I've had over 100 NBA players now. I've never once had one for the regular season talk, talk to me about the nightlife as of the attractive part of the city. I really haven't. Mm-hmm. That's not to say they don't enjoy it, especially on the road. Right. If you've got a mm-hmm. cold weather team and you, I, I meet them in Miami or Orlando, man, they're, they're coming out in T-shirts no matter what. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they get a cold front, it's T-shirt weather. Because compared to you know the Midwest or Canada, it's way better. Right. Um, but normally, they're, these guys are getting their rest, and they go out on occasion. They go to nice dinners on occasion, whatever. But mostly, I speak to you know players pretty much every night of my life. And my wife yep. has even mentioned, because sometimes I'll be on speakerphone in my car, you know, there's children in the room, and they're going to watch tape. It's unbelievable. These guys yep. are almost always watching tape as soon as they're done playing the game or that later that night. Or dealing with the million things that are dramatic in their lives as players and then appearances, whatever. Yeah, I mean, okay, see, I would never want to live there, but I'm not an NBA player. They, <laughs> they'll live in a really nice place and they'll go sure from will. the place to the gym to the airport. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got young family that are in school, it doesn't even matter. And then guess what? In the offseason, like how Jokic does, if you want to, you can go back to Serbia and in Lori's case, back to Finland, if that's what he chooses to right. do. Or you, you bought plenty of money. LA, New or somewhere York, else. LA, LA Chicago, right. like you, whatever. You don't stay in there in the <laughs> offseason. Uh, exactly. OKC also is an exquisitely run franchise. They value yes. their players. The players know that they're valued. And um, yeah, Sam Presti's built a the model franchise. Miami has does it differently. But I think mm-hmm. people would love, you know, people like what Miami's done. OKC has really yep. set the bar very, very high. No doubt. And look, um, it, the thing with my, with Oklahoma City is Shea is, I mean, this is a was wide open prime window. As David mentioned, he's an MB, MVP candidate right now. In my MVP vote, he's two behind Joel Embiid. I'm the same. I'm running away with I'm it the right same. now. Um, but you know, Shea has to, and his people got to be also keeping their eyes open. Like how long are we going to do this? Let's keep kicking a can down the road. Like I am a legit MVP candidate. If we can try to win this thing now, let's do the thing and try to win this now. So we'll see, uh, trades, the trade window is open. Uh, the deadline is next month. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I just, I, I want to, uh, just offer this. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not someone you know, it, for all of us, anyone that's listening to true podcasts or reading us, um, you're constantly being barraged with tweets regarding trades. Uh, I try to keep my guys informed, as Gerard will tell you. Um, mm-hmm. 
they're almost all made up out of whole cloth. There, in other words, if if a team calls another team and they discuss a trade, and then someone in on those phone calls talks to an agent, typically the agent doesn't say anything unless mm-hmm. the trade's not going to happen. But it was just a right. phone call, finding out what are you thinking. Uh, I I, mm-hmm. I talked to a, a prominent agent yesterday, two prominent agents yesterday, who dealt with media people. Uh, uh, when asked, "Hey, did so a certain GM just call you?" Yeah, uh, what they say? Basically, they're trying to confirm what's true about Correct. what they're reading in the media. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. are you really mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. the stance? And it's yep. just a bunch of made up stuff. But my point is. Uh, what Henry always asked me to do is to think, to see the bigger picture, look down the road. I, I, it's not easy to do, but you know, we we thought that Giannis, they, the market should have traded Giannis and not, and instead they signed Dame. I'm not sure that doesn't. I don't think it looks like the greatest move ever, uh, or even a great move. Period. Uh, it might work out great for them, but uh, just a couple weeks ago, I thought and I wrote that the Warriors should trade Steph Curry. How's that looking? You know, <laughs> look smart right and, now. And he's got two over three games recently. And how long, how many years had he gone? I mean, God, six, seven. Yeah. I wasn't going to guess seven that he had. Yeah. Not, and now he's got two. Like, and I, and I believe I was on your last show where I said he looks miserable. Am I right? No. Was yeah. that you or was no, that Henry? That was, that, was the, that was the Thursday. I was okay. gone. That was the Thursday. Okay, that show. was Henry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He looks miserable, like defeated. So, uh, uh, again, I'm not saying the Thunder. I'm not predicting the Thunder are going to trade for Lori or anybody right. else. I, right. I, I feel pretty strongly that the argument we laid out uh, makes sense, that they should, they should try to upgrade this team, see if they can't sneak in at finals appearance this year. It only helped Chet and Jalen and, and right. Jay be ready for next year when they make another Correct. run because they're going to make a run Correct. whether they get Lori or not. Listen, it, it is it's crucial that these guys get reference points and the playoffs are and you get those chops and you learn, oh, this is what it's like when I'm number one of the scouting report and this team really is geared in, as you wrote in the piece, they're gonna build that wall like they did for Giannis when he get when he started making the playoffs around Shea. Okay, let's see you do all that cool stuff now, Shea. <laughs> We're right. really locked in on you, right? It'd be different if he has an all NBA seven foot wing next to him. Oh, that that would help. I have had leading scores in the in the uh, on a team, one of the tops in the league. Uh, to say to me in the way you just described, like, boy, it'd be nice to have some help on offense. And what they mean is, can I just throw it to him and stand in the corner for a few minutes? Or <laughs> when I'm attacking, I, I said I sent a picture to a player the other day, a very, very high-level score. I sent him a, a video clip, but I took a snapshot. He had the ball a little bit above the nail. Four defenders had two feet in the paint in front of him. Four. The fifth one was a step away. And he sent me back like the, the wide-eyed, like, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it'd be nice when you have someone else on your team that has some gravity too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. No doubt. Um, so with all this talk about Oklahoma City and everybody wondering, as I mentioned before, the trade window is open. It'll close next month, um, about a week or so before the All-Star game. Yeah, maybe Fe- like 10 February days. 8th, I think. Uh, um, yeah. mm-hmm. So uh, David said to me off-air, you know, look, uh, trades are going to be a lot of tradesy things. He thinks it's going to, you know, teams yeah. are going to start making making moves. And so that led me to think about one team that I that I watched last night, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Defensively, what an exciting team. But David, he's still buddies. Like, yeah, I don't trust them. And you've been saying that to me for weeks. And it's on the offensive end. And I, I was funny. I, we were home last night. And my partner's like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, David doesn't trust the Wolves. And I'm like yelling out there in the fourth quarter. Oh, this is why. And that's why. And that's why. And that's why. And over time, I'm like, they're just they're, they're breaking all of David's rules. Don't fucking foul. Yep. Just all, all sorts of just dumb things. And I'm like, all right, this team can't like defensively. They're great. And elite. I love elite. What, defensively. elite yes. Yeah. It's just offensively, David, something is wrong. And it's odd to me because it's not odd. Cause I, I saw some things that were wrong. Anthony Edwards is a very good offensive player, but he has a bit of tunnel vision and makes boneheaded plays sometimes in terms of reading. And if you, I know you watched the game. I watched Late the fourth in quarter in the fourth time. Late in that fourth quarter, the double came from the same spot every single time on him. And I'm like, how did you not pick the pattern up by now? And still late, makes the pass too late, turnover trap, whatever. I'm like, come on, bro. You ha- I can see that. I know you can see this. Listen, late, he's tired. It's like back-to-back, all different things, whatever. Cat, by the way, a 21-point scorer on basically 50-40-90. So in my mind, David, I'm like, how is an offense with these two dudes 
this bad. So to be fair, last night, Conley didn't play. He did not. Right. And Jordan McLaughlin mm-hmm. is a uh, nice little eight minute, nine minute, right. 10 minute guy. He ain't Conley. No, he's not Mike. I think they could get Tyus Jones. I've been saying that since the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's who's a very good player and would help them a lot. Sure and maybe bring him off the bench, which he's done before to acclaim. Or maybe Mike comes off the bench. Um, they just, they fritter away possessions with bad choices. Anthony Edwards still has, uh, he's one-on-one with Jalen Brown, left wing. I thought mm-hmm. he could have, this is the middle of fourth quarter. I thought he could have really smoked him into the second box and got a jumper, maybe got to the rim on it. He did a step back three. Uh, that mm-hmm. happens a lot. He still doesn't have the shot selection he should have. Cat uh, is, a, is a ball stopper. He's a very mm-hmm. talented player. He's a ball stopper. Uh, I liked Alexander Walker last night. I, he was very yeah, good last night. he's a night. good defensive player. Um, Nas Reed missed shots that he doesn't always miss. He's a good player. Rudy Gobert didn't play. No. So um, they're allowed to get better. I, it's funny. Ironically, you're, you're, you're putting the Minnesota Wolves uh, as a content discussion for us because I don't trust them. <laughs> I felt better last night. Like, guys. <laughs> even, even after the loss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just Well, just because the, the, here is your mistakes right in front of you. Yes. Against the best team in the league. At their place when they've won every game so far this season. And second night of a back-to-back for the Wolves, to be fair. Right. You're up nine with three and seven mm-hmm. with two to play. And we lost the game in overtime. And I just, if I'm Chris Finch, I just playing all the frittered away possessions, not the missed shots. When you miss the shot, that's a good shot. Who cares? When you right. when you take the bad shot, make or miss, we have to get better from that. So um, I was not going to put Minnesota in my top five. We'll get to it later. Except for <laughs> I feel like th- there's no better way to lose than to that team the way they did it to learn. Mm. Like we just can't do this anymore uh, against these teams and expect to do anything in the playoffs. Playoffs is a foregone conclusion now. Eureka. Of course. Lovely mm-hmm. for Minnesota. We got to get mm-hmm. better at it. So I feel like they can learn from it. it and get better. I love that. It's so funny because you're like, yeah, you had to make because I don't trust them. And you're like, but I saw good sides. <laughs> I'm like yeah. shouting at the TV. I'm like, this is why David right. doesn't trust right. you. This is why. Right. I don't trust him yet, but I feel like that was a gift. You know, if they, if they don't, if they're not smarting, like there, there's one player I have a super competitive. Um, he pretty much never texts me after a loss. Always after a win. Always. Uh, there's been occasion after a loss too, where he plays really well, or they just got beat by a better team, and the team competed mm-hmm. great. Mostly though, it, it hurts too much. It's supposed to hurt. So let's yeah. see how they react after losing last night. So I, I love that. So from a coaching perspective, you know they can get better because the tools are there, right? So it's it's partly sh- shot de- shot decision selection right. for Anthony has got to improve, right? And that can improve over the I course of the so. season. We got we got time to go. Yeah. Um. Cat is a ball stopper, but he's very, very good at what he does. What do you think they can do schematically in terms of running stuff to utilize them better? Because I thought the stuff they did with Alexander Walker last night was great. Yeah, they, can they do more of they that? They just need to do more. Yeah, it's not It's not about changing the scheme. It's just let's get away from the ISO stuff that we do. It, because Anthony Edwards is so talented, it's easy to do it. And so is Cat and ISO. Run stuff, run stuff, run stuff all the time. And uh, uh, they'll be unique because most teams don't do that. But I think they need to do it. And they, they'll be, yeah. they'll be what are they, 17th in offense now? They'd be top 10 if yeah. they played more efficiently, more effectively. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. His team is like, I'm like, wow. But I, I love the length they have. And McDaniels was, look, Tatum was just, I know we don't really do game talk, but my God, Tatum was so good in that over time. I was like, He's this so guy good. is so hard to stop. Great player. Great, great player. I love him. I really love great him. Player. I, love, I love Jason Tatum. Yeah. I mean, man, and it's just, you know, you can tell what a guy's like, he just, he, he knows I can get to this spot. I know how to get here. It didn't matter who was on him. I was like, all right, this is, this is what we're doing it's like, tonight. It's like Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, no, it, it's special watching these guys. All right, guys, we'll be back after a brief commercial break. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey guys, Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run, take a nap? read a book, or maybe show up for a friend. Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time, but the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? 
The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couple therapists for my partner and I. And both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. All right, David. More teams to think about with the trade deadline and just some injuries that happened. So Tyrese Halliburton uh, got carried off earlier this week. I think it was Monday night's game. Um, but it turns out it's hamstring. But listen, so people are like, oh, it's not major. I'm like, yeah, but hamstrings aren't nothing. Those are things that you have to w- watch and, and, and make sure that they're, they're healed. Especially soft tissue, like the, how they healed is rest. And, you know, these guys often come back and play too soon off them. They create further injuries. Indiana, I think right now, are fourth yeah, in fourth. the East. Look, I think they can probably hold on to a top six seed all year. I think. I think they're good enough, too, especially offensively. They're so, so talented. But my question is, while Halliburton's out, and he is metrically among the worst defenders in the league, if not at the very bottom, can they learn something defensively while he's away from the team? I would say it's we should look at it differently. I think they need to find ways to be effective without him on offense. Mm. Uh, I don't think they'll learn anything on defense. They have to play better defense because their offense won't be as good. Uh, last night, Andrew Nemhart started, did not shoot well, played actually pretty well, didn't shoot well. TJ McConnell came in off the bench and helped. And so maybe they don't move TJ now, which I thought they might before because he, he's good enough to help a lot of teams, in my opinion. Yep. Um, uh, Matherin is coming. I've been really down on him, but he's definitely coming as an offensive player, shooter, free throw guy, which is very valuable. I still see him as a mm-hmm. six-man guy in his best role, but that doesn't mean I'm right. Um, uh, Bruce Brown gives them some you know, solidity, some mm-hmm. s- solid play, but uh, Tyrese is one of the best offensive players on the planet. It's very hard to, to uh, play without him, but they've got to figure some stuff out because otherwise, and you see this in a few other spots, it's like the Embiid Sixers. We're like, and mm-hmm. this is what I fear was with Shea. Are they just going to get mm-hmm. smoked the six – uh, six to eight minutes they miss in the postseason in a game, you uh, lose by 100 and win right. by 70 and when, when they're in, whatever, not good. So yeah. Indiana's got to figure some stuff out. How do we find ways to score, play fast, which they're doing, and, and just play better when Tyrese isn't here so we don't get smoked in the postseason when he's sitting? And Andrew's a different player, obviously, than Tyrese, but offensively, he's a very good player. We saw him uh, last year against the Lakers, uh, 13 to 6 game, something like that. I mean, he's, oh, he's had a few. He, he had 31 to 13, I think, against the Warriors. Um, he's Andrew Nemhard personally has dealt with a number of just nagging injuries this year. And so he just, I think he's going to be in fine. He just needs to play more. He's a very gifted player. He's a better defender than Tyrese by a lot. And, uh, mm-hmm. Gets more mid-range. Tyrese gets better at the rim. Tyrese is a much better shooter, although Andrew's shooting better more recently. I actually think he's a high-level starting player in the league and is very good next. In fact, he earned the starting spot next to Tyrese, which he had all last year, and then he got hurt. He came back this year. He played mm-hmm. great against the Milwaukee Bucks, and then they started him, and he got hurt. So, But, yeah, I think – I don't know. If, I think what you said is right. Top six, because Miami doesn't have Jimmy Butler right now. And so, and they had a loss yesterday. OKC controlled most of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where does Miami get? Do they finish above Indiana? Probably. Uh, the Knicks mm-hmm. with OG have a loss? Uh, they have not yet. Not so, so far. So yeah, yeah. they're fourth. They could easily be sixth. Probably not seventh. Great for Indiana. Don't be a playing team. That's yeah. a big step for a Huge. team that didn't make anything last year. Correct. No, and, and I and I think, yeah, again, young team reference points. This is all big and they time need, for, for they Indiana. And they need to p- win games. When he's out, in part, so he doesn't yes. rush back. Uh, I watched the play happen live. I thought he tore his hamstring. He cried. Mm-hmm. They put a towel over his he head because it hurts like hell. And he did a full split, pretty much. Well, I know I've never done one, but my daughter did him all the time as a dancer. She worked her ass off to be able to do a full split and not be hurt. 
Tyrese isn't a dancer and no. wasn't supposed to be doing a split. He slipped twice. In the, in the same game, he slipped twice. The second one got him. The fact that it's only a strain they're calling it is, imp- is impressive. That he didn't tear is impressive. Yeah. But they need to yeah. be taking their time. It needs to be two, three weeks probably. And, and then and then hopefully you won't have to worry about it again. Yeah, no, this is, you know, this this is what's tough for, for players in the league, right? When these when these lead guys go down, it really alters and changes. Okay, what do we do? So I think to your points, we're talking about trades. They keep McConnell now. They can't. They need they need more ball handlers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it might even make them potential acquisition targets at the trade deadline. Who knows? Um, another team that, ooh, man, just bad injury luck. So John Morant was suspended to start the season, and then now the shoulder injury, now he's out for the season. So, David, I was thinking, as someone who, of course, as you know, watches the Grizzlies closely, they were a number two seed the last two years in the playoffs. Very, very good. I was looking at their future draft capital. They pretty much have all their picks going forward. I'm not saying they should, but when you have these moments where the season is likely lost, right? You're not where they are right now and where they started making the play-in highly unlikely. Playoffs, less likely. Is it possible they sit around Jack Kleiman, Robert Para? Maybe now's the time to reset. Do we split up our holy trinity of John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson and move one of them out to shore up some other parts of our roster? I'm not saying I would do it, but is at least a conversation they're having? I don't think so. I don't think they should be having it. Uh, it's bad luck, you know. What Ja was in control of his decisions when he got in trouble. This was an this was a freak accident, freak injury, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what they're capable of doing. I listened to a podcast where they, where the Warriors were saying it's hard. People who know the Warriors were saying it's hard for them to break it up because there's proof of concept already. They won a championship 18 months ago. I I, I think it was Zach Lowe's show. Um, well, the proof of concept in Memphis too, regardless of postseason failure. This is a well, this is a good team, and Stephen Adams has been out now. Jai's out, but they're back mm-hmm. next year. And mm-hmm. as you can find a way to replace Stephen Adams more so than Ja. I would think that they would feel like, okay, let's see how Vince Williams, who's really an, a surprising mm-hmm. player, Zaire yes. Williams, does he have anything for us? Probably not, not looking great. Right. So let's just evaluate all of those guys. Let's tell Jaron, you're making your money. Let's, let's, we're not going to play you quite as much. We just need to evaluate what we've got so that we can come mm-hmm. back next year and make a right back to a, a finals run. I like it. So you're looking. So it's a development year in many ways, right? Zaire, you can get a ton of minutes. Oh, Roddy, all these dudes. Development evaluation. Your players Laravia, or not? Yeah, Laravia. Development evaluation. Yeah, that's what I would think. I like it. That's smart. Yeah, no, we'll we'll see what what what, what direction they go in. Um, <laughs> all right. This was David. Uh, as you guys know, we have a true hoop chat, and you know, David's often very prescient about things. And very early in the season, he's like. The officials are going to be a story this season. I just know it. I just know it. I'm like, I'm like, okay. Generally, when Davis is anything basketball, I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. And sure enough, <laughs> like, and it, it started early. Things were going nuts, and you and you were complaining about this very early. And then lately, we saw uh, the Raptors head coach Darko just go nuts after his team went to the free throw line twice in a game. The other team had 23 free throws. Uh, players are complaining about it. David, as you're watching a million games a night, beyond the inconsistency, which I know is your maybe your number one pet peeve about the officials. What are you seeing happening from the officials in these games? Well, I had to break down recently and get a fifth big TV for my office. Uh, so now, I, and one that can stream. Um, so now I have uh, five plus a big tablet uh, and, a, and a PC. Like I'm on a laptop mm-hmm. now, but I, I don't, I, right now I'm seeing you on my laptop and mm-hmm. I have a big TV behind it that I plug Above into, me. Yep. but I'm not doing the show. So I'm watching a lot of games, not a million. I'm watching a lot of games. And I, I don't know, other than the stars, what's a foul, what's not a foul. If you, if you, if you look at a, a star cross side, it's a foul often, foul. not always, often. Obviously not always. Jalen Brown got hit in the head the other day. Buddy healed. Was it, was it a, who was it that fouled? It may have been Jalen Brown. I don't remember anymore. It's, I see so many games. But I think it was Jalen Brown taking a shot. He kind of got bumped in the head. They reviewed it, said it was no foul. I thought that was so surprising. He got hit in the head. Um, it's, uh, I, I just don't think that consistency is there. Uh, I, the block charge call, the block call period yeah. is just so jacked up. There's been a, some elite. First of all, to them, their credit is very hard. Secondly, when you put your hands on a guy and, and hold him, like you get narrow, I call it, 
That's mm-hmm. a foul. Quit doing it. They call it all the time. No matter who you are, typically they call it. So that's fine. As long as we know what's a foul and when it isn't a foul, we can guide our players towards that vision of what these referees in the league wants. I just don't think it's accurate in how they're doing it. It's not consistent with how they're doing it. And I'm sorry, if, if you're driving and I'm sliding to cut you off and you change your path to run me over, that has to be an mm-hmm. offensive foul. I'm allowed to be in my space. You invaded my space. If I cut you off and I, and you're, and I'm, and I knock you sideways, it's a foul on me. But I'm allowed mm-hmm. to just slide where I am. You can't just initiate that contact and get it. And it's happening all the time. So that, that's really bothering me. When a player wildly swings and they get a call for a foul, I don't care if they make contact or not. I mean, I do care. But it's a foul. Quit swinging. Mm-hmm. But when they don't do that and they still get called for it because you jump into me and I'm jumping straight up vertical, like you almost don't even hear people talk about verticality anymore. I don't think they changed right. that rule, though. But you slammed mm-hmm. into me. I'm straight up. If I come down here, that's a foul. When I come down, if I stay up, I should be all right. And I, it's just not consistent with it. To their credit, they do a good job talking. The referees are talking to players all the time. You don't see that in high school and college too much. They just yell and scream at you, sit down, and whatever. <laughs> I like that we treat everyone like adults. I do. But uh, it's, a, it's a major problem. No, inconsistency is there for sure. Um, speaking of that um, Wolves-Celtics uh, game last night, uh, Alexander Walker got called for that extending the arm thing. And look, I've seen way more egregious extended of the arms that superstars do that never get called. I mean, that's, that's a move they take to the rim every time. It's never called an offensive. I'm like, so really? At this stage of the game, you're going to cost them a turnover? It's tough. And for someone like you, who you and you coach varying degrees of players from all NBA to people trying to, to not it's got to be NBA. difficult, right? Telling them what, yeah. I mean, I know you don't say, I don't know, because that's never what they want to hear from you, but it's tough, right? When you're trying to give them instructions on what to do. For sure. I mean, I try to get them, get your hands off, cut off angles with your, with good footwork. And we call it exploding away defensively, cut off their angle, tall up at the end. Don't come down. Don't swing. Uh, but when they jump into you and you've just you've done nothing wrong, and and then my guy gets whistled for a foul, or listen, was my guy in offense? I tell them just run into the guy. They, they call fouls all the time. <laughs> I mean, they do. So they they got to clean that up. I think I yeah. my my biggest fear over all this, and I've said this before, I think on the show, definitely off it, is the the private equity money has no master but money. And so if we're turning the league into the WWE, I'm going to be very upset. I never watched WWE wrestling. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't appreciate that. I want the game to be, I want the game to follow the rules that we have. And uh, that creates the doubt in our minds as who's going to win. Uh, as soon as you get into, already you have people speculating like the Iguodala on, on maybe Gilbert's show talking about the lesson learned from Melton Brand about you got to win by 15 in game seven because they want the, the, the set basers or the Celtics over us. Have you seen this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I really, I don't agree with that 10, 15 years ago. I really don't. But now I have to listen. I'm not saying it's true. I'd have to listen because I don't right. think the, 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 um, the average billionaire cares about anything about making money. And so yeah. I want, I want to have integrity in the sport. No, I, I I think you're dead on. Like, and, and you know, consistency, like you mentioned, right? Like, if it's a foul on, you know, rookie number one, then it's a foul on whoever superstar or, or LeBron right? or AD or John, right. whatever. The better players, uh, uh, they foul too. They sure foul they do. too. Yeah. And it's look, they're already elite. Like, don't make it even yeah. harder for them to. One be, reason why they get elite is because you keep giving them the, the, the end ones and stuff. You know. <laughs> um. David, R.J. Barrett left the New York Knicks. Well, he, I mean, leave. Sounds like he just voluntarily decided, I'm going to go somewhere else. He was traded uh, in that deal that brought OG to New York, and he's in Toronto now, back back in ho- at home. He's playing well. Yeah, um, really well. So far. Yeah. But you have, a, you have a question. You wonder if his development and him becoming good, what is the um, unintended consequences of his development in Toronto? So, so uh, first of all, just to finish the point, um, it's not easy to play for Tom Thibodeau and, and RJ had a great second season. He had a, a pretty good playoff. If I remember right last year, mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. been a net negative. Great games he's been year. a net negative. Ultimately not been a good shooter except for year two. Uh, I, I Darko is 
married very different than than he seems like a nice man, knowledgeable man, nice man, not powerful there. Understandably so, he has no track record, and so he's got a a, a softer hand. And RJ is home. And if you know RJ, I don't know him, but I know of his story. You know, he played at Montverde, which is ninety mm-hmm. minutes from me, uh, almost exactly. Um, his senior year, where they had a great team, went undefeated, uh, won the national championship for high school. Uh, uh, his he's almost been bred to be the man, always the man, always the man, always the man. He was so bred to be the man that when he got to Duke, he was the one that everyone thought mm-hmm. would be the number. He was the number one player in the class right. with Zion there. Made no sense. <laughs> right. I think I saw three games and told Henry Zion's averaging twenty a game in the NBA whenever he comes. Like it's not, there's no comparison there. No. And so he's at home now, and the fans are all going crazy, whatever. And so that's great for RJ. But meanwhile, when you watch the Raptors play, uh, uh, Siakam sat last night. Uh, they called it back spasms. He took a horrible fall against the Lakers, where he got undercut, mm. by the way, not a flagrant. I don't know how. Guy ran in front of him and knocked him over, almost flipped him. But so apparently he was hurt last night. Um, uh, and so he didn't play. He can play with, he finds a way to score no matter who's on the court. Uh, he's not a primary ball handler, typically. He can't handle it, but he gets mm-hmm. his buckets other ways. Scotty Barnes, supposedly the face of the franchise, the guy that Darko right. ranted about. He, when he right. ranted about the referees, he was complaining Scotty only got two free throws for the whole game, and he's the face of this league and whatever. He is like fourth in usage now because because they mm. they took away OG, mm-hmm. but they added quickly and Barrett. Right, still got Siakam. Yeah. I don't know how long that'll last, but they have him now. And so my my question is, all right, did you did you get RJ? You had to take RJ to get quickly. Everyone right. believes. That that is not who they wanted. They wanted quickly, but they're stuck with RJ, and they're paying him twenty something million this year, and he's got some years to go on his deal. Is going to come at the expense of Scotty? It's a fair question. Mm-hmm. They can figure it out. Yeah. But but uh, you know, I, I never had a problem with Dwayne Wade and uh, LeBron teaming up mm-hmm. because they both are very willing passers. I didn't ever. Mm-hmm. I did Toronto radio early this year. I had no problem with Siakam and Barnes teaming up. They're very willing passers. Mm-hmm. RJ Barrett. And Scotty, that could be a problem. RJ is not such a willing passer. And you know what's interesting? You mentioned how Darko, it's his first year, and he doesn't sort of have the gravitas yet to command in, in well, a way that point. Tibbs might. That's the whole point. Um, yep. Quickly, quickly is also playing for a contract, David. So you know what that means. Scotty's playing for a contract. He, he, quickly is playing for a contract. <laughs> Siakam, I think, already knows he's going to be taken care of right. somewhere. He's, he's you know at that mm-hmm. level. It's yeah, and quickly isn't a gifted passer. He's a mildly willing one. I like. Quickly, <laughs> very much. I think he's. A, I think it was good for Toronto to get, but you wouldn't. You would. He's not a gifted passer. So the Darko's got some work to do. He's got some work to do. He besides one with the referees is is don't lose Scotty now. Scotty's having a hell of a season, and if you look at his EPM, he's just he's having more negative games mm. now. It's a concern, and I think I think before last night's game because Yakum didn't play last night, he was fourth in usage since the trade. Fourth. As and he was once or yeah. one, he was. I think he was just below Siakam as number two in terms of usage. Uh, mm-hmm. Now four, so yeah, remains to be seen how that works out. Something to keep an eye on. Another team to keep an eye on, David, uh, player, of course, all eyes have been on him. Wembenyama, the Spurs rookie, he's been ascending, by the way, in terms of EPM. Uh, Chet was the rookie EPM monster yeah. literally from the gate. But I said to everybody, well, it helps when you're playing next to All NBA, yep. All World, Shagels Alexander. You're going to yep. be very good next to that guy. I don't know who's good playing next to Wemby right now. But as Wemby's EPM is ticked up, so the Spurs are playing better. They're still not a very good team, but they're playing much better than they did early in the season. Wemby had his first triple-double last night. What are you seeing from the Spurs? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it, you're, you're right. The, he, Wemby is making progress. Decision-making, finishing, mm-hmm. still needs a lot of work on a shot, I think. Um, and mm-hmm. shot selection needs work, but he's getting better. Um, Devin Vassell is really coming. Devin Vassell he is really coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, all-star level player now, uh, which I'm happy with. I had him, I don't remember, number three and number four, I think, in the draft. Um, really gifted. Uh, uh, Kelton Johnson. Um, they've uh, A kid that I know well, Dominic Barlow, has replaced Zach mm-hmm. Collins because Zach yeah. is injured. And they move yep. Victor to five. Dom looks like an average player. He's 20 years old. 
pretty good sign when he's 20. He just he was mm-hmm. leading scoring the G League during the showcase, really. So we know he can score, at least at that level. They just look like they're starting to figure some stuff out. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I looked up today, the Spurs, who are getting thumped early on, are their net margins keep dwindling. They're, they're, they beat Detroit like a drum. Okay. Still, right. I'm not sure that would happen a month ago. Definitely would. Right? They had another win the other night. I forget who it was. Maybe Cleveland. Oh, they lost maybe Cleveland mm-hmm. at the buzzer. Like, they're, played well, played they're well competitive. And so yeah. I want Victor to be in that environment. He wants it also. Yes. He wants mm-hmm. it. He wants to. When they lost the game, I watched the game recently. They lost. He was mad. Maybe the Cleveland game. He was mad. So, yeah, moving in the right direction, which is good to see. I was wondering that about him earlier. I remember asking you on the show. I'm like, this team isn't very good right now. And I wonder how the losses would start affecting him if they started piling up, yeah. right? Because no matter what, like, it's going to hit your psyche at some point, right? Where you're like, you're a rookie. You're, you're, not, you're not getting the game, right? It's very hard. Like, it's a lot can go on in your mind. So it's nice to see that he's ticking up. Losing sucks. I talked to an agent this morning about a player of his that, that he thinks is going to get traded uh, from a bad team to a very good team. And there's plus and minuses to the trade, mostly pluses, but some minuses. But I say, just remember this: in terms of happiness, it's just more fun to win. It just is. It's more fun to. Win. It's why I, when I watched Florida State play, uh, who had a, they, they've had they've had some horrific losses this year. But I told my wife, I just know when they win and they're on a nice three game winning streak in the ACC, three and one, like mm-hmm. number second in the league. I, I know our son's gonna have a nice time that night, even if they just stay in because they have a game two nights later. Just, right. It just sucks to lose, man. When you yeah. when you're competitive, it sucks to lose. So, Victor has it's just got to feel like Shea felt mm-hmm. when OKC was losing. But all right, we're going to be okay here. Mm-hmm. I think Victor is now starting to see. And so he's only 19, by the way. Okay, yes, correct. Like we're we've got some pieces. Devin can ball here. Trey Jones mm-hmm. is competitive. Like we're making mm-hmm. some moves in the right direction. I think that's good for him. Very, very. His defensive EPN numbers were really, good. really good. He, he, like, he's he's coming. Yeah, he's coming. Yeah, I, I, I see it. I see him starting to. Oh, I think I get. I get it. Again, getting a little thing, a little bit. The reference points are starting yeah. to get it. Get put yeah. in there. It's cool to see. Um, I, I didn't put it in the show in the show notes, but you you mentioned it in our text chat. Um, you mentioned that you said start of the season you picked the Warriors to win the West, and you're like, who knew a punch was going to be the thing that ended the dynasty that threw it threw it all away. And it's interesting because Draymond is back and he's a changed man, so he says, and all the things. And it's not, look, it's not that I don't believe him. It's that you can say whatever you want. Your actions have to show us now, right? Like we said about John Morant. Saying, talking is all great. What you do will tell us exactly whether things are better or whether it's the same old, same old. But this team, David, uh, got beat by a drum. The Pelicans put 140-something on I mean, I was like, ooh, this is nasty. Like, Kerr, the whole coaching stick... Do I winning? Like that is not a fun place to walk into to work every day right now. And no, I, I, I Draymond's Draymond's going to solve all that when he comes back. Right. <laughs> I listening to Zach's podcast this morning. Uh, uh, he had a woman on who I guess I don't really follow the media, but I think she covers the Warriors. Maybe it's Kendra. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Oh, it's Malika's sister. Yeah, Kendra Andrews. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know who Malika is. No, Malika Andrews who hosts NBA Today on oh, ESPN. Okay, you know, I don't like, watch yeah, any yeah, of this yeah. stuff. Yeah, no idea. But this this one young woman sounded intelligent to me, and and she was talking about the lack of joy in the locker room, and it was such a joyful place before. So um, yeah, that uh, what you're saying is right. It's not it's not a fun place. And and to be fair, I don't believe in Draymond either, same as you. But not because of Draymond. I've been right. I'm 59 in February, man. I've been around. Like <laughs> you people see people talk, say I'm a change man. Everyone talks all the time. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean he won't do it. I've just heard a lot of people talking about how they're changed. And then I see and realize he wanted to change or she wanted to change and just didn't. Every alcoholic, every drug addict, every anyone that's had bad habits says, I need to lose 10 pounds. I say it all the time. I've done it before. I've lost 40. I need to lose 10 more. I can say all these things, but eh, I had that ice cream here and there. Like it's hard, man. <laughs> so uh, um, I, I need the Warriors really need him to not just to salvage this season, which I don't think is likely to happen no. because it's the dream is not the only problem, but because they have to pay him so much money going forward, they can't trade him, and he's not playing like a guy anywhere anywhere close worth of that money. So mm-hmm. um, for that sake, and I feel for Steph who who yeah. probably shouldn't be done and um, is, is maybe may facing a, a going home in April. 
he's got to ask himself some questions. And I know it, it, we talked about before it, it's a P, you know, Henry always talks about owners want to win the press conference, right? It's very important. Trading Steph Curry will not win you the press conference, right? Like that's just, it's no. not all the local that people are going to go ape shit and kill them for doing it, but it might help them in the long run, right? Like recovering what you can from, like again, providing somebody has a salary to match and all the things that you'd want, which, you know, when you make that kind of money, you're him, very unlikely that you get into a contender, right? Still w- w- with that kind of thing. But, you know, that's, they got to look at, I mean, obviously Clay's not going to be back next year unless he takes a way, way reduced role and less salary, which even then I doubt he does that. Um, yeah, this is, look, dynasties end, right? They don't last forever. We know that. Sometimes they end gracefully. Other times they don't. Look, you won a championship 18 months ago. Warriors, you had a great run. You know, it's fine. Everybody yeah. goes through peaks and valleys. Yeah, it's okay. Exactly right. Yep. Yeah. Light moves on. Uh, good news for you, David. You were such a big fan of the Netflix quarterback show that we now have. Sham Sharania reported that Netflix is creating a new NBA document documentary series modeled after NFL quarterback. And it'll follow five players for its first season. They are LeBron James, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Edwards, and DeMontis Sabonis. Now, you might be asking yourself, why are both Laker players getting covered? Well, LeBron Spring Hill Entertainment uh, is one of the companies behind this, uh, which, you know, so obviously he's going to feature himself, which whatever, it's fine. Um, and Omaha Productions, which is Peyton Manning's uh, production company. So those are the two production companies that are going to be involved in making this. And this ties into the conversation we had with Ben uh towards the end of last year david yeah if people care about the culture of the game and the players around it and what they do i watch more as i said then fine then shove this stuff down their throat and this is what they want to see for f1 racing and tennis golf yeah i don't i don't know i haven't watched those has it helped their ratings yes so it's a no-brainer yeah the problem is we played too many games the, the, I, I'm watching uh, Hard Knocks because of the, the head coach, whatever. And um, it's great for me. I have no idea who won the game. I mm-hmm. it, I literally have no clue week to week. It's really dramatic for me. Hey, are they going to beat mm-hmm. Buffalo? No, they didn't. But it was great to watch. <laughs> um, and the week before, too, I had no idea. I never read any of, ever the scores. I don't know any of the, I don't know any of the players, none of them. Uh, it's so so it's suspenseful that way. We it's hard, you know, but but I love the practices. The, my favorite part of that show is is watching the practice. Mm-hmm. Watching the energy, uh, mm-hmm. hearing the players talk in practice. You can't do that in the NBA. There is no practice, really. Not not Correct. like you're thinking. Yeah. Not much, anyway. So I won't be yeah. watching this show. I, I live this all the time with players. But <laughs> I completely agree with you. If it helps other people fall in love with our game, I'm, I love it. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was talks already uh, mentioned to you late last year that Netflix was considering that we know they want to get into live sports. That's uh, that's uh, that's an obvious. And the in-season tournament is something they potentially want to buy. Well, look, if this uh, project goes well, this is sort of going to be a part of their entryway, right? To kind of lead up to got to turn in this in-season tournament, right? Lakers defending champions, yeah. whatever, whatever it may be to get it going. So listen, whatever's going to get more people interested in our great yep. game, that's what I want to see. So I'm happy for that. All right, David, it is the return, for me anyway, yep. is it last Thursday, of top five. All right, who's on your five line? I had to do an honorable mention. They deserve Ooh. it, and you just mentioned them, the Pelicans. They're playing really well, even yeah, without they Zion. They're playing well, mm-hmm. super happy for Willie Green, super happy for my boy, Corey Brewer, who I've not been in touch mm-hmm. with. I need to get in touch with him. I'm, I'm not in a while anyway. I'm really happy. Um, so they're my honorable mention. But number five is, uh, you probably have them higher, but... Uh, because of I don't trust him totally yet. I got Minnesota the five slot. They're they're deserving of a top five. Let's yeah. they shouldn't be greedy. Be happy at five. No doubt. Um, I don't have a much higher, but at five I got the Nuggets. Still, they're still in the top five for me because yeah. they're listen. That starting five is good, and they're still top five in EPM metrics and all that. So you know, I'm good. Nuggets. It is, and it might be my future home. It's one of the places we're looking at, but I don't have my yeah, top yeah. five. Oh, number four for exactly. me. I know, I know who's in there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure you do. Number four for me is uh, just because they've lost three straight, even though Embiid missed, I think, two of them is the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I dropped the Sixers out of my top five because they've not been playing well lately. No. Five and five in their last ten. Uh, Wolves are my four. Okay, yeah. Uh, three of the Thunder. Yeah, you mm. could easily put them at two. Uh, you can't put them at one. But um, – right. I, I like another team better at the two spot. I, again, I'm looking at how are you playing? Yes. Where are you at? And also, if it, now we're getting, we're in the new year. Mm-hmm. We do a playoff series. Who's better? 
I, I, think, I think OKC yep. doesn't beat my number two. Uh, correct. So we transpose three and two because I have the Clippers at three. Yeah, and I've got them at two. Was, mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't think you realize they have Kawhi Leonard on their team. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I totally realize. He's unbelievable. Listen, Kawhi is a, he's a monster. He like, yeah. he's just and Paul George, listen, they're, they're so good right he's now. Um, you know. Listen, and listen, Harden gets such a bad rap. The dude's playing so well. And yeah. like, he does some things that I don't love, but the dude can fucking hoop, man. And they're so, so good right now. But look, like every, injuries, right? That's the biggest thing with them. Like every, It's a tenuous line. Who knows? And one, of course, we'll have the Celtics. Um, look, I, I met a Celtics fan uh, on vacation. He was just so happy. He's like, so wait, so, so, you know, when people know what you do, David, if it happens to you, they want to talk about their favorite team. He's like, so what do you think? He's like, I'm like, yeah, so right. I'm like, if the season were to end today, right now, I'm like, yeah, Celtics, that's who I like. Yeah, and I yeah. like their their bench is feisty. I watched them defensively some last night. They, I like that. Uh, but they just have five winners uh, on offense. And Prozing is a little bit different, but I, he's good. He's very good. Yeah. Tatum, Brown, White, Holiday, it's unfair. Mm-hmm. It's an embarrassment. Of no, it's it. It really and Horford off the bench, you're still effective. Yeah, or or like, starting with pace of Porzingis. Or yeah, when yeah. when Porzingis is out. Yeah, yeah no, that I, I love what Boston's doing. All right, folks. Um, enjoy the weekend, enjoy all the NBA action, and we will see you on Monday. Take care.